Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives. When we were younger, they were read to us at bedtime. They come from our teachers in class and friends in hallways. We see them in our favorite movies and TV shows. We relate to them, visualize them, and share them. Jesus understood this and chose to teach through stories. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives, but the stories told by Jesus were meant to give us life. His stories were called parables. We are going to jump right in because I have, um, I had the sermon written and then last night about seven o'clock, the Holy Spirit jumped all over me and added about four hours. So put your seatbelt on. Are you ready? I'm just kidding. I'm just going to talk really fast. So, um, I hope you can keep up. Here we go. I'm going to jump real quick into Mark chapter four, verses one and two. Mark chapter four, verses one and two. And it says this. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. So get the picture in your head. Jesus has got a crowd, group of people. He's teaching by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Isn't that a cool picture? Like, I want to have you guys come to the lakefront and I'm going to teach from a boat. Like, that's just a cool scene. I just, I just like the scene in my head. He taught them many things by, what's the word? Parables. Parables. That is the name of our series that we're going to do this month. And I want to tell you just a little bit about parables before I get into today's parable that we're going to actually go through. The gospel report records some 60 different parables of Jesus. For those of you who don't have a lot of church background, the gospels are four books that are in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the reason that those are the gospels is they present the gospel because they talk about the time when Jesus was actually here walking around on the earth. Right? So for those of you, if you're new to Bible study and you're kind of struggling with what to read, the gospels is a great place to start because it talks about actually Jesus walking around and doing ministry. But in his time here, what I want you to know is one third of the recorded speaking of Jesus is in parables. One third of what we have gotten that we have recorded that Jesus said was actually in parables. So obviously he felt like that was an important way for him to communicate with us, right? Some people have called a, a parable an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's, that's kind of a simple way. But let me, let me say it to you this way. The word parable out of Vine's expository dictionary, if you want to get all fancy, says this. It's a placing of one thing beside another with a view to comparison. 
The placing of one thing beside another to a view of comparison. So what Jesus would do is he would take things they knew. Like things that they had, like that they were dealing with every single day. Right? So like we have some people in here that have landscaping businesses. So like if Jesus was here, he would be talking about like a broken down mower. I just looked at a couple of our landscapers, right? Like if Jesus was here, he would be talking about you know how every Friday they get together at the town square and there's live music 365 days a year in the villages. You know what I'm talking like he would use he would use things that we knew, things that we live every day and that's what he did with them. And a lot of what they knew was agriculture. A lot of what they knew was farming, right? And so we're going to look at one today that is actually called the parable of the sower. And it's, it's a farming analogy. So for those of you who may have a little bit of agricultural background or a little knowledge in this area, it may hit home with you a little bit more. But you have to understand what he's doing. He's speaking their language to the people there. Can I give you a little side note? Which is what we're supposed to do today. So if we sit around and talk a bunch of Christianese, you got to question how effective we are talking to the world. Which is why we are doing Thrive, because Thrive is a place where teens can come and get introduced to God, but not here on a Sunday morning where half of what Pastor Mike says goes over their head. Does that make sense? Right? And so Jesus met the people where they were. So he's standing on the boat, crowd on the shore, and I'm actually going to switch. I was reading from Mark. I'm going to switch over to Luke. Actually, this parable is in three of the four Gospels. John doesn't have parables. Uh, It's kind of interesting. When you read the Gospels, what you see is, and it's this amazing meshing of the Holy Spirit speaking through a person, but allowing their personality to be a part of what's written, right? And so the different personalities have kind of different things that they accent, different stories that they tell. But this one's told in three. I'm going to switch over to Luke chapter eight, verses five through eight. It says this, a sower went out to sow seeds. A sower is a farmer, right? And so if you get the picture in your head back then, the picture that they would have pictured is some guy with a satchel around his side, and he would have this kind of rhythmic pattern to putting out seeds, right? He's putting out seeds, he's putting out seeds. Sower went out to sow seeds, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds and the air devoured it. Some of the seeds fell on rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Duh, right? Something to grow, it's gonna have to have water, right? All right, my neighbors just bought us a new magnolia tree. I'm so excited. Do you know the, the uh, state flower of Mississippi is magnolia? So that's why they bought me a magnolia, because that smells like home, you know? So I'm really excited about that. But it's going to take a lot of water, right? You told me like three weeks of water. It's going to take water. You're going to have to have moisture. Trampled underfoot, the moisture. And some fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Now, I need to like give you some perspective here because back then they would have expected a very small percentage of return because it was hard for them to grow things in their region. So for Jesus to say a hundredfold, the story just took a supernatural turn. Like they would have gone a hundredfold? What? Like that would have been enormous to them, right? This particular parable found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, 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 and I want to continue in Luke um, kind of for some specific reasons. But Luke verse 11 says this. Now the parable is this. So what happens is they have this time where he teaches it and then later on the disciples come 
And, and I love it because the disciples, and I wonder which one was the most bold, but they would come and go, uh, we don't get it. And Jesus is like, all right, let me explain it to you. He says this in verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Here's some revelation that the Holy Spirit gave me last night. I want to give you so it's not in your notes. So I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff you may have a hard time writing down. Here's some things about seed or the word of God. This is the parallel, right? He's trying to take something we know and compare it to so we can see the comparisons. So let me give you some comparisons between the seed and the word of God. Number one, there is life in the seed. There's life in the seed, right? If you go home right now and you plant some glass, what's going to happen? Nothing. You don't get a glass tree. If you go home and you plant a piece of metal, what's going to happen? Nothing. Some old guy later in life is going to find that metal with the detector, right? Like nothing's going to happen. Why? Because there's no life in that glass. There's no life in that metal. What is specific to a seed and what Jesus was trying to remind us was in God's word, there's life. There's a seed, there's life, right? Number two, it's small, but it produces greatness. It's small, but it produces greatness. Anybody here, now come on, be honest, don't be all holy because it's church day. Anybody here ever read your Bible and not have that great, awe-inspiring, revelatory moment with God? Anybody? And we can do this. We can look at that moment and go, I don't know. I ain't get jack out of that. I don't know if that was even worth my time. Listen, here's what I need you to hear. It's small. It's small. We have, in our culture, been ruined to big and amazing. That's why people go running to megachurches sometimes. Because it's big and amazing. It's why our small churches have a hard time. Because we are so prone to say, I need the upgrade. I need the 2.0. I need the, I need, right? Entertain me, right? We're consumer mentality. And so then we go at we're God's word like that. We're like, come on, come on, God, give me something. Right? And then we go in there and we read some story and we're like, well, give me nothing. And the doubts, and listen to me, you got to remember it's a seed. It's a seed. There is no farmer that walks along with the seed and goes, bombs away. No, it's small. Matter of fact, when you drop the seed, you may not even be able to find it. In other words, it seems insignificant. But remember, it has life in it. Right? This is why it is so important that we are constantly in our word. Right? It's because it may seem small. It may seem like it's not some big and huge revelatory thing. And I need you to hear there's something growing. There's something growing. It's small, but it produces greatness. Number three, it yields fruitful results. What does the glass yield? Nada. What does the meadow yield? Nada. What does a seed yield? A bush or a tree or, right? It, it, It yields fruit and God's word is the same way. It will yield something in your life. If you will take the time to read it, take the time to consume it, take the time to consider what it is that God wants to do. Number four, it must be embedded or received to grow. A seed, if it's not planted properly, what happens to it? It dies out. The life inside of it goes away. 
How often do we do that? Where we hear God's word, we come to church and Marcus and the team gets us all fired up. And then Pastor Mike tells some stupid joke and then gives us a little word. And we're like, man, that felt good. Or, you know, somebody told me this morning, Pastor Mike, you have to buy me some new shoes. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you've been stepping on my toes lately. I said, that ain't me. That's the Holy Spirit, son. And he is way heavier than me. You know what I'm saying? Right? Listen, but, but the, the reality that, 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 that it has to be embedded or it has to be received. It has to be received into your heart. It cannot just be a hype moment. It has to be something that I receive and consider and then act upon. Right? You, you have to actually do something. So Jesus is going to talk next about soil. And, and the seed is the word of God, but the soil is your heart. And so what we're going to finish today doing and what I think the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us today is about the condition of our hearts. I might say it this way, how's your soil? How's, how's the soil of your heart? Because for many of us, we've had this struggle with why, why isn't God speaking to me? Or how come I keep going through this same problem over and over? How come I keep running through this mountain? And I need you to hear something. There's no lack in the seed. And there's no lack of the seed. God is speaking all the time. God doesn't have a speaking problem. What's the problem? We have a listening problem. But it's not just that we don't hear it. It's that the soil of our heart is not prepared to receive it. Are you following? And so the rest of the parable, he's going to explain that there are different soil conditions, right? How many of you know that you just can't grow anything in any soil? True? You just can't, right? Jen and I went, um, I don't know if you've ever been, but down in the Tampa area, there is the Florida Botanical Gardens. Oh my gosh, that place was killer. I mean, we're getting nerdy here, but, but it was killer because like they have like 40 different times of types of palm trees. I like a date palm and a royal palm. Those are my two favorites, in case you wanted to know. Right? But, 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 but seriously, we walked around and we were looking at it and they, and they had where they were from. Right? This was from Asia and this was from, this was from South Africa and this is, why? Because there are different types of soil that allow different things to grow. And it's important for us to remember, this is the illustration that Jesus is trying to give us, them first, but us now through his word, to say to us, consider your heart. Consider your heart. I'm as bad as anybody. About somebody coming up with a new idea. And we just have this like thing inside of us like, I don't know. Right? Didn't we talk about being critical last week? Right? I don't know. I don't think it's a bad idea. And I'm going to pull that apart. Right? Like... We, there's, there's, a, there's a condition of our heart that we really, really need to consider. We don't, listen, let me say it to you this way. We don't always get to pick our story. Come on, somebody. Some of you didn't get to pick your story, right? Um, got to have lunch with a, a great brother this week who, um, from a worldly perspective, had it all. And then just had a, a life-threatening accident that completely changed his world and he lost family members and it changed his life. Well, he didn't pick that story. You don't always get to pick your story, right? You don't always get to pick your parable, but you know what you do get to pick? 
who you are in the story. You do get to choose who you're going to be and how you're going to deal with that. So my prayer for you today as we finish up going through these four conditions of the soil, four conditions of the heart, is that you will be open right now and say, okay, Holy Spirit, speak to me. If I'm being hard-hearted, tell me. Go ahead, step on my toes. I know they're new shoes, it's all right. Go ahead, and, and that's my desire. Would you... Would you consider doing that? And I'm going to pray for you right now before we finish this. Can we do that right now? Let's pray real quick. Father, we come with open hearts. Some of it might be kind of hard. Some of it might be kind of painful for us to look in the mirror and acknowledge some of this. So would you give us courage? Would you give us courage to face whatever you would like for us to face? Holy Spirit, speak to me today right where I am and give me courage to acknowledge it. And strength to do something different with it. We pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's dig in a little bit. Let's dig in. The first part, Luke 8 through 11. Your first blank there, you can write the path. The path. You can write on that first line there. The path. Luke verse 8. I'm chapter 8, verse 11. The ones along the path are those who have heard... Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. There may be somebody here today that that's you, you've heard it. Or maybe somebody like bribed you to come today, like they're going to buy you Oakwood for lunch. So that's the only reason you came. But, but, but inside of your heart, there's this kind of struggle like, yeah, I hear it, but mm, I don't know. Right? And what I want you to hear is this, this particular place is, is talking about you in that, in that situation. And, 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 and what I want you to understand about the, the farmer's fields in ancient Palestine was that they were long and narrow and kind of serpentine and they had these paths and the paths were packed down, right? They were, they were really packed down. And the reason they were packed down is because that's where everybody walked. Come on, put that one together. That's where everybody walked. That was the common thing to do, Right? We can go through this world doing what everybody else does, keeping up with the Joneses, living the way that everybody else does, worried about what everybody else thinks of us, and we can stay on what looks like a normal path, right? Well, they put their kids in soccer. I guess we better put our kids in soccer. Well, my friends are getting married. I guess I should be getting married, right? The path represents this commonly run place that is packed down by feet, hooves, wheels, whatever they used as they farmed. As soon as the seed fell, the birds took it away. The path again is where most people walk. Where do most people walk? Listen to me. Most people move away from God's word. They move away from God's word. The percentages of believers who regularly read their Bible is very small. Even within the church, we have this tendency to move away from God's word. And and do you remember the seed I was talking about? Do you remember the seed has life in it, right? That that is the word of God. Listen to me. There is nothing else in this world that has life in it like God's word. And yet... We all do it. I do it. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody or pointing fingers. I, I can get to the point where I realize, you know, for the last couple of days, all I've done is read the Bible to prepare sermon. Right? 
All, all I've done is Mike hasn't read the Bible and received the seed into my heart for Mike. Right? And, and, and so we have this tendency to move away from God's word, to not read or not listen to it. The, no, the second thing is we choose what I see and feel over God's word. We, we have this tendency to choose what I see and feel. If I had a dollar for every time that I've said to somebody, well, in God's word, it says this. And they look at me and go, yeah, but I just feel fill in the blank. We, we have this tendency to pull away because we're running the path of normal. We're running the path of culture. Man, we're in an election year and there's some crazy topics out there. Would you not agree? I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Everybody crazy. It's just some crazy stuff flying back and forth. And instead of, listen to me, instead of voting a party, instead of voting a person, how about we vote based on what God's word says? How about we vote based on what God's word says, right? In, in other words, the, the life is important. The life matters, right? And then we put a precedent on life and we put a precedent and we don't look at situations that are feeling situations, but we say, if this is what God's word said, it feels weird. And I know somebody this affects and I, and, and, and hear me church. It's tough. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's tough. Some of you know people that are stuck in lifestyles or different things right now that you struggle with. Yeah, but they're, they look happy or this looks okay. And this looks right. Right? And what happens is when we move away from God's word, then God's word goes away from us because Satan comes and pulls it away. And that's the story of the path. Right? That's the, that's the story and condition of some of our hearts. So let me ask you to write next to the path. Fill the, just right next to it, focusing on fitting in. Focusing on fitting in. My heart is focused on fitting in. My, my heart is focused on, like, I'm more worried about my 401k than I am my spiritual legacy. I spend more time training my kids to be worldly successful than I do spiritually successful. And all of us do that. All of us as parents. We're worried about college or trade school or military or this and that and that. But are we focused on developing the spiritual life of who they are? Rock and roll if your kid makes a million dollars but doesn't know Jesus. Right? There's a reality to that. So we've got to look at the path as focusing on fitting into this world. The next is this, the stony ground. Write that in the next blank there. Stony ground. Luke chapter 8, verse 13. And the ones on the rock, the seeds that fell on the rock, are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. That's amazing. Jesus is awesome. Right? He, he's fantastic. I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm really excited. And, and I think this is going to be great. They receive it with joy. But these have no root. I mean, you know, nothing can grow without roots. Right? They have no root. They believe for a while. And in time of testing, they fall away. Right? So what happens oftentimes to trees in Florida... Because the soil will get so wet, the roots are not strong enough to hold because it's not grounded, right? 
And so you can get a tree that gives and falls and goes to the ground because the roots don't have enough solid ground to hold on to. And so what Jesus is trying to talk to us here is those of us who will receive God's word, we hear it. Listen to me. Some of you, you're hearing God's word this morning. And some of you are going, yes, rock and roll. Absolutely. That sounds good. That's, and I, I'm feeling God's presence today and I'm responding to it. And I have joy. I mean, this is what he's describing. But, 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 but we're not laying down strong roots. So then the obvious next question is, well, how, how do you lay down strong roots? And here's the answer. Relationships. Relationships. Because I'll tell you right now, on the days when I'm struggling, on the days when I'm like, and there's been plenty of days through the whole process of launching Church of the Lakes that I wanted to give up, right? That I'm frustrated or somebody criticized something. I'm like, forget it. Well, they can go launch a stinking church then. I'll come to their lousy church and complain about their church, right? I mean, come on. I'm a real person just like you. I go through this stupid kind of stuff in my head too, right? But listen to me. Do you know what it is that was my roots? Is the relationships that I have. It's, it's some of the men around me and the people around me that have been like, no, you got this. And this is what God's called you to do. Right? And so listen to me. If you're not involved in a small group, you're struggling because you have no place to put your roots. That's why we do small groups. We're not doing small groups because it's a churchy thing to do. We're doing small groups because you need roots. You need solid. You need something to hold on to, right? Somebody wrote this. I thought this was kind of cool. It's it, really, it's a, it's a shallow relationship with God. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a shallow relationship with God. Somebody wrote this. Hearing God's word is like eating an appetizer. Once you hear the word of God, no matter how much you liked it or enjoy it, all you got was the appetizer. A full meal comes when you take the word of God you've heard and process it, digest it, and put it into your daily life. And for so, so for some of us, I think we've got to stop and be honest enough to say, do I come to church, receive it, but I'm not putting roots down? And this is why, hear, hear me on this one, hear my heart on this one. This is why hopping around from church to church is actually going to be detrimental to you. And, and, and I don't mean that to, to be ugly towards anyone. And maybe Church of the Lakes is not the right place for you. Please go to the right place for you. Please, I will help you go find the right place. Because my desire for you as a pastor of the kingdom of God, and I'm a pastor of the kingdom of God. In other words, I want all churches to flourish and all people to flourish. But the only way you're going to do that is for you to put down some roots. Right? Being a Jesus follower is going to require sacrifice and obedience. And we don't like those words, right? I just want to be blessed. Just bless me, right? Consumer Christianity. I come here and go, okay, Pastor Mike, give it to me. How about I come to church and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Right? The the reality, that's putting down roots, Where do I belong? Where should I be serving? Who should I be talking to this morning? Skip coffee and donuts if you need to go talk to somebody. Right? Relations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Relationships that we put down roots that we serve deep. Mark 4 and 17. 
I pulled back to Mark, and I want you to hear the words that Mark says about this. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, listen to this, because of the word. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, they quickly fall away. In other words, it's not the trials of the world that makes you fall away. It's the trials of obedience. Ouch, that's stomping on some toes. Right? When God says to me, Mike, Mr. Always been (laughs) a little aggressive in your personality type. When someone slaps your cheek, turn and give him the other cheek. Well, after I knock them out, I might. We're all going to run into places of God's word where we go. I don't think so. I don't like that. And listen to me, in that moment, you choose life or death, right? That I'm either going to put down deep roots and I'm going to decide, no, 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 no. I'm getting plugged in. I'm going to get involved with God's people. Can I give you a little secret? God's people are a pain in the butt. We are. We all are. We're all hypocritical. We all have warts. We all have silly, stupid things we do. We're going to offend each other. We're going to upset each other. But guess what? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to deal with it and get over and have a relationship. It's called putting down roots. Does that make sense? Some of you here this morning need to put down some deeper roots here at Church of the Lakes. Some of you need to go find another church that you can put down deep roots and invest in and stop hopping from place to place and expecting God to make anything different happen in your life. I'm going to, I'm going to jump off that one. Stony ground right next to it here, right next to the stony ground, right? Focus on my comfort. That's a heart that is focused on my comfort, right? And God's word is going to have a hard time being planted in a heart that is focused on its own comfort. Third blank, thorns, thorns. You can write on the, on the blank there, thorns, thorns. Luke chapter eight, verse 14. And as far as what fell among the thorns... Those, they are those that hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares, listen to these words, cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. If you're worried more about your 401k than your spiritual legacy, that's why you're having a hard time maturing as a believer. That's what that says. There's a story of the rich young ruler, right? Jesus comes to this guy and he's got, you know, we put it in our words today. He's a billionaire, like he's on the Forbes list and he's got it all going on. And he comes and and he's obviously an overachiever type personality, right? And he comes to Jesus. He's like, all right. And I think in his mind, he's thinking Jesus is going to be impressed with my resume. He's going to be impressed with my portfolio. He's going to be impressed with all this stuff. He says, Jesus, what, what do I need to do? Jesus looks at him and says, sell it all and follow me. And his, his face is downcast and he's saddened. Why? Because his heart is not ready to receive that and he walks away. Listen to me. Those who declare to and choose to be followers of Jesus, we surrender all. That's what it means. That means... When we tithe, we tithe, not without holding on to it or having control. That means when we choose to serve, we don't show up and decide that we're going to take over (laughs) and start directing traffic. Come on, somebody. 
I'm, I'm a D personality. As soon as I walk in the room, I'm like, all right, here, what are we doing? You go over there. Let's do this. <laughs> Nobody's looking at me like who died and made you Elvis or something, right? Listen, that we would serve that our heart understands that we're chasing something unhealthy. It's an unhealthy relationship with stuff, with the things of this world. Sometimes we can be very worldly successful and fail miserably because the crowded heart in us doesn't grow things that actually matter. See, I need you to say, I need you to understand something. Your heart has a capacity. There's a limit to what can be within your heart. There's a limit to what your heart, in other words, Jesus would say it this way, you can't serve God and man and, and money and the, at the same time. In other words, he's saying your heart can only be, can only have so much. And some of us, we're so tied into the world, we got so many things going, we're juggling so many worldly balls and worldly resources and materials and things that we have. That we have a crowded heart and we're wondering why we struggle sometimes. Some of us are blinded to, we don't even see, see the reality that we stink at relationships, but we think we're really good at them. But everyone else around us is kind of like, oh, hey, how you doing? And it's because we have such a crowded heart with so many things that are going on inside of us that we're chasing things of this world instead of doing what it is that God has specifically called me to do. Right? There's a settling and an understanding of a heart there. So thorns right next to it, that's a heart that's focused on pleasure. That's a heart that's focused on pleasure. Right? So, so far we've had a heart focused on fitting in. We've had a heart focused on comfort. We've had a heart focused on pleasure. Let's talk about good soil. And oh, Holy Spirit, would you make us good soil? Amen? Read this. Luke chapter 8 verse 15 as for that in the good soil they are those who hearing the word hold fast and honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience who that is my desire for you as your pastor marcus you can come on up man and, and, and play for us a little bit as i start to close my prayer for you is that your your heart would be ready and here's what's interesting. Listen to this. This is, this is, this is interesting. This little illustration that Jesus gives, all the ground is right in the same area, right? It's in the same ecosystem. Yes. We're not talking about plants can grow in Florida, but not in Minnesota because of weather. We're talking about a small area where the ground is all the same. So what is the difference? I wrote it down this way. All the types of soil mentioned here are exactly the same plot of ground with one major difference. Only one area was fully yielded to cultivation. Only one area of the ground is completely surrendered. Plow where you need to. Do what you need to do. Let me face the stuff that I need to face. Let me get real about who I am. Let me get real about my temperament and my struggles and my ongoing. And that's the heart. Listen to me. That's the heart that the seed can plant and grow a harvest in. That's the good soil. That is my just dying passion for each and every one of you. That this morning you would choose to, because you can choose to. You would choose to be good soil. Right? You, you would choose, okay, 
it's scary. It's kind of dangerous. Like, here I am, God. Here's where it gets even scarier. When we go to other people (laughs) and go, will you keep me accountable? Can we form relationship? Can I spend enough time with you that we get tight enough that we can look into each other's eyes and go, that was poo-poo. That little attitude you had over there, that was kind of jacked up. And then I have plowed soil that goes, yeah, help me. Help me to do it better. Help me to be real in who it is that God has called me to be. Man, and God is just looking for some good soil this morning. Right? He's just looking for some. I prayed for you while y'all were getting dressed this morning. You didn't know that. I prayed for you this morning that God was already cultivating the soil of your heart this morning. That you might receive his word in a new way today. Right? That no matter how many times you've heard this story, that you might hear it differently today. And he might plant a small seed. And it's just a seed. It's a small little thing, right? No bombs away. But it's going to produce a harvest. If we will say, God, it's, it's all here, man. I was thinking back to fraternity boy Mike Matheny. Don't say, uh-oh, Marcus. You, my man, have no idea. But anyway. And the issue wasn't my behavior. The issue wasn't my attitude. The issue wasn't my anger. What the issue was? A hard heart. Fear. Fear of being vulnerable. Fear of being able to laugh at myself. To admit that I actually have faults. Come on, somebody. We're working so hard to make sure everybody around us thinks everything's so perfect, right? We walk in this morning and music's playing and the flags are flapping in the parking lot. And what we really need to do is have some heart surgery. Have our heart, our chest pulled wide open completely vulnerable and say okay God I'm here and I choose to be good soil would you plant something inside of my heart today something new inside of me today and for some of you it may be the very first time that you open your life up to Jesus and say Jesus come into my life and do something that I don't understand today but I'll surrender to you today for some of us we felt far from God and today is about you saying okay God what is it I'm in this wilderness because you're trying to teach me something, but apparently I've been too hard-headed to pay attention to what it is. So I, I, I open my heart. And for others of us today, just the simplicity of saying, show me something new, God. Show me a part of me that, that I can do it a little bit better, that I can be a little bit better example of you, that I can surrender to be much more like Jesus, where I can be kinder, got a chance to talk to a group of college kids out at Lake Sumter Community College this week. And we talked about grace and truth. Grace and truth, right? The, the ability for us to talk to people graciously, but with truth. And I'm working on that. Mike's working on that. I just, confession is good for the soul and bad for the reputation. 
tell you what I'm working on right now. I'm working on kindness. I'm working on that fruit of the Spirit. Like I, 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 There's a lot of things that people say that I, I love to hear people go, oh, Mike, this and that. You know, he's, he's a go-getter. He's integrous. He's blah, blah, blah. All that's fine and good. But right now, you know what I'm concentrating on? I want some people to go, Mike is so kind. So I'm working on that part of who I am. How about you? How about you? What is it that the Holy Spirit would have you work on today? So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. And we're going to have the prayer team up here to be able to pray with any of you that may need to surrender your heart today in some form or fashion, right? What are we doing? We're trying to have good soil so that God can do something in my life. For many of you, you've tried Christianity, quote unquote. I tried doing the God thing. What you didn't realize was you had a hard heart so the seed couldn't get planted. Don't try it. Have a relationship with him and open your heart to understand it's obedience and sacrifice in all that we do. And so to do that and to lead into this time, I asked Marcus to sing the, the song for us today that, that we sing in worship. And that is, there is no one higher. So what I ask you to do is, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And we're going to sing this declaration. I'm going to pray for you and then give you an opportunity to come respond to God by coming to the altar, by giving in the offering boxes in the back, or whatever it is that God tells you to do next. Here's the other thing you can do. Listen to me. Life steps, number one, starts today. I'll be right down the hallway at the rock. For some of you, you kind of pushed back from that. You need to come and do, develop some roots. Come join us in Life Steps 1 right after this. So, Marcus, let's, let's make this declaration. Let's, let's sing this. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Yes. Astounded by your mercy and love. So good to us, God. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Come on, Come on surrender to him today. Grace for me is always enough. Your amazing grace. And there is no one higher than I. Come on, declare that today. No one higher, no thing higher. And there is no one greater than you. So let my has gone forth. You have received the seed today. The question is how will you respond to it? Does that make sense? Would you respond to God now? Come pray with someone. Receive him today. Or go do what it is that God has put in your heart to do. Amen? You guys have a great week. We'll see you next week.